Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This uh, episode of The Swole Patrol is brought to you by Care Slash Of. For 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins. This stuff is fantastic. I use it myself. It's a great, great service. Visit TakeCareOf.com. Enter Swole. That's 25% off. S-W-O-L-E. Swole. That's right. It's the Swole Patrol. It's the Swole Patrol. Lick my balls and suck on my asshole. It's Chris Bell and he is so super buff. He used to be fat, but now he's shredded. Because he eats lots of meat and lifts heavy weights. And you should do the same. And we'll talk about Kratom making you healthy. And you won't want to take pills and ruin your life anymore. Yeah. Nice. You've been around Jason too much. Why do you say that? Opening with... uh, (laughs) Lick my balls and suck on my asshole? Yes, that seemed like a little... You got a little south on us. It's all right. Just soften up. It's all good. Okay, okay. Fair enough. Um, As I mentioned earlier in that beautiful little ditty that I sang, Chris Bell is back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm here. Chris Borbell. First of all, that song was absolutely incredible. Thank I you. don't know where who writes your lyrics for he you. He spontaneously does them. He doesn't know what he's going to say. That was freestyle. Oh yeah, full. Freestyle. If I if I think of anything, it ruins it. I have to just and, and it was it started a little south, so that's unusual. It usually goes south. Yeah, I like it, it. Started it, south. I thought, oh, that's Jason. He ramped up. Yeah, he ramped yeah. up a little. Well, bit. He, he actually he brought himself back. From yeah, I led with the Widowmaker and then just worked the body a little bit. <laughs> I think you need a, um, a new career. <laughs> it kind of reminds me of uh, Gary Shandling's show, the way it used to open. Yeah, like saying, a this different... This is the theme, the Gary show. It was just so... Like, he's just singing what's going on. That's right. That's just doing. kind of a stream of consciousness, Perfect. as they say. Um it was. It's been a while since we talked to you. You've actually gotten in better shape in just the six months or so it's been since you've been here. Thank you. It's uh, it's really remarkable. Um, we were talking a little bit before the podcast about how someone like you who um, has always been into fitness culture but had, had let yourself go, admittedly, um, to see the redemption, the comeback, it's almost more impressive to me than someone who was always fat. And, and that's not to be little people who – we're always obese and then lose weight. It's a tremendous achievement, and you should be proud of yourself. But to me, I, I find it – it's like um, it's like someone who is wealthy and then went bankrupt. For them to pull themselves back out of it, I find it's even more impressive than someone who was always broke, you know, you're making that million dollars. Yeah, it's an interesting thing. I mean I think I let myself go uh, because of pain, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what we're going to talk about today mainly. Uh, I was in a lot of pain. I had double hip replacement surgery. I got addicted to the drugs that I was given to, you know, sort of recover from that. And uh, admittedly, that a lot of that was my fault. I liked the way that they felt um, because I was in a lot of pain. So once I started taking them and I started taking more of them, I actually liked the way it felt. Mm-hmm. And um, that just turned me into a completely different person. I learned a lot coming out of that. Now, I, I mean, I don't want to speak out of turn because I'm just a drug addict. Drew's someone who has scientific knowledge about the disease of addiction. But I would go as far to say that it wasn't your fault, that that's yeah, what those drugs are designed to well, do, to relieve pain, and I, you well, enjoyed the relief of pain. Well, it's iatrogenic. Yeah. I, I, would, I would flip it a little bit and say he, that would never would have happened had it not been people that manage pain going, oh, no, no, you need this. Let's take more of this. All right. It feels good. I'll, okay, yeah. I'll do what the doctor says. What, what they don't tell you is after about two weeks, opiates make pain. Yeah. They perpetuate pain. They intensify pain. They cause back pain, they cause headache, and they amplify whatever pain you're trying to treat in the first place. The most interesting um, 
stop on this journey probably was actually, it was a pivotal time. And I don't even know if you remember it because we've done so many episodes, but we did an episode of Loveline where I was talking about my movie Prescription Thugs and I came in to see you guys. And uh, you had told me there was a study where they, they looked at, um, well, first of all, you told me that opioids after a while can increase your pain. I had, I had no idea. And then you told me that um, there was... And that, by the way, that was well before the public got wind of the opiate epidemic, oh, absolutely. what was happening here. And I'd been saying it for 10 years before that. You're saying my colleagues... Just- just you know, cause this. Listen to me, everybody. I know what this is. It's so obvious. But anyway, go ahead. Well, and the interesting thing was you told me that uh, you can get pe- better pain relief out of you know taking Advil and Tylenol. There was a yeah. study on that from the yeah. National Safety Council. So I went and I looked it up, and I did that. But of course, I'm an addict, you know. So I was taking a lot of Advil and Tylenol a day. Um, I got a couple of phone calls from friends of mine, uh, three different friends that are all bodybuilders. So this could be a bodybuilder thing. I don't really know, but they were taking heavy, uh, NSAIDs, uh, Advil and, uh, taking a lot of it. They were taking, you know, real lot of it. And they've had, there's three guys that I know that had kidney transplants. Oh, absolutely. And, and horrible for your kidneys. And, horrible. um, there, there's at least five different common kidney injuries from me. Now that doesn't like NSAIDs. reflect on you to saying, Hey, to take this instead. I was just saying that I, <laughs> taking- I, Properly. <laughs> Taken properly. Yeah, exactly. I took it like a maniac yeah, and realized no, no. like, wow, this could be really damaging. Oh, very dangerous for your stomach and your and your kidneys. To my body. And then I found, I came across uh, Kratom, which my new movie, A Leaf of Faith, is about, and found out that that didn't have, you know, so far as as far as this, the research goes, there was no uh, liver or kidney toxicity with it. There was, no, it was nothing there, like that. There was no issues with it. Uh, that would cause me uh, further harm. So oh, I, I did see some study recently on people. Obviously, people get going with it and escalate to high dose. And Absolutely, like some seizures or something. I was reading about, but but again, used properly. Yeah. So I, I found no. this plant kratom, which comes from Southeast Asia, uh, doesn't seem to have those effects. And it, so do the best hookers. I think. <laughs> uh, well, they have side effects. <laughs> That's yeah, for damage potentially. And. Um, you know, it's been it's been really great for me. So my mission and my goal with A Leaf of Faith was to get more money for research, to get more people involved. Uh, one of the big stops along the way was uh, Joe Rogan. He's been instrumental, and uh, he likes it himself. He likes to take it before stand-up routines and before UFC fights just to give him some energy and get kind of pumped up. So he uses it more in a recreational way, as a lot of people do. Um, but he was very instrumental in uh, getting a lot of people to look at the issue uh, when I went on there. And then, um, you know, shortly after that Rogan episode, there was a vote to keep it uh, legal. And 23,000 people, I think, wrote in from the Joe Rogan show. 23 angry Rogan fans wrote in and said, like, hey, you should keep this legal. And um, I think that was a big part of it. The DEA decided not to schedule it and to keep it around. And then uh, this year, it's just coming back around again. Now it's the FDA, and they're going after it full bore. And uh, But the National Institute on Drug Abuse just gave the University of Florida $3.5 million to study this. So I think we hopefully are at the end of the trying to ban it and are into the, like, let's study this. I think generally there's been a little shift away from this idea that there's bad molecules, right? Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. That, that with the legalization of cannabis and with the idea that there was a study last week to show that uh, prescription heroin works for heroin addicts, then not looking at heroin as a bad molecule, just looking at these are molecules that have humans have relationships with that have certain side effects, that have certain risk potentials, and have certain therapeutic values that we need to look into. Yeah, hallucinogens are being actively researched now. Finally, it's crazy. I keep telling value. people, uh, it's now it's like just say yes. It's like all, all these drugs that we were told are so bad. Well, they're they're all risky, but we don't even know the risk yet. Yeah, we haven't researching. And properly. and obviously, like different doses. Uh, look, you you had you, you brought up uh, at the beginning of the thing, nonsteroidals are risky. Yeah. Tylenol, I could kill you with a Tylenol. Easy. Hey now. Hey now, yeah. <laughs> I got a question, Drew. Um, uh, this may be a little off topic, but isn't Tylenol one of the main kind of vehicles with Vicodin? Yeah. How is it that I can watch people take 50 Vicodin? It's a, and it's a, it's a really, really interesting phenomenon. And, and I've seen literally people, doctors in a courtroom go, this patient can't possibly take 50 Vicodin because their liver would shut down. Yeah. It's impossible. And I, and I go, no, no, my average patient takes 50 Vicodin. Yeah. I, I watch them take it. I have guys taking 100 Vicodin. It's because your liver can adjust its metabolism in such a way as to ramp up an enzymatic machinery that will break down Tylenol into a non-toxic compound. Wow. 
And there's something about the way people escalate Vicodin. You don't go right to 50. Sure. You start at two, and then two, it's every three, and then four every six, or whatever it might be. The, the rate at which people escalate oral opiates gives the liver enough of a chance to adjust. Of the many, many thousands of opiate addicts I've dealt with, I've seen one case of liver toxicity. One. Wow. Yeah, they're not. It's they're Doesn't not that happen. bad on the organs, right? I mean, as opiates. Far as... But we're distinguishing opiates and the Tylenol. Yeah, opiates. The, when when opiates were when morphine sulfate came into being at the turn of the century, it was a major breakthrough because it had no adverse effect on anything except maybe some constipation, and it could eliminate human suffering. That's so, why. So I... It's why there was a first epidemic of opiates in 1890, and oh. it, it was also. Doctor perpetrated. You know what? And we're making all the same fucking mistakes. And here's bro science, but look at every heroin addict you've ever met. Yeah. Okay. That that's pulled themselves through. They all look amazing. (laughs) All my friends, all my friends are stimulant addicts like myself. They look we were fucking a mess. Me and and Sizemore, we look like we've been run through the mill. (laughs) I look like you took Mario Lopez and put him in a trash compactor. (laughs) (laughs) But but uh, here, let me go down the list. God rest his soul, Chris Cornell. When he died, he looked beautiful at fifty something. Dave Navarro. Anthony Kiedis, Anthony Kiedis, uh, Robert Downey Jr. Just go down the list of opiate addicts. If you come out of it alive, you look fucking amazing. Correct. So they don't look like an alcoholic. No, right. So this is this is the point that people miss. It causes the most dangerous form of addiction. Doesn't harm anything. What when you do? Bob. Bob was a poly substance. Yeah, Bob was a poly drug. And, and, and got hepatitis C and all these other things. So that's my next point is that the, the re, when a drug addict, when an IV heroin addict looks bad, it's because of the infectious diseases they get from an IV injecting. So it's HIV, it's hepatitis C, it's staph infections, endocarditis, all that kind of stuff. Um, getting back to Kratom, I, I – Oh, so, so let, me, let me say something about Kratom just to start out. I have no object to anything being used for people at work. We, right. need, we need a ray of stuff, whether it's cannabis now, or Kratom or, or buprenorphine. The the problem we have here's the problem from the clinical standpoint, we don't know the long term effects and we don't know how to select the right patient. We don't know yet who we should be using kratom on, who we should be using cannabis on, who we should be using buprenorphine on, who we should be using nothing on, and make sure they go completely clean. That's literally each one of those should be a different patient. Profile. Just like each diet is for a, a and, different I, and I completely similar. agree with you. We just don't I, know how to do that yet. Yeah. But I also feel like we're in this trap. Like it's hard to go to the doctor and. Get you know it's hard to go to the doctor and go through this um, thing of like well I'm in pain and then you know what are they going to give you and what are you going to get and and whatever right and you they play should this. be thinking about stuff like this yeah they should but, be thinking about cannabis see they, they don't be, all they that don't, stuff should be thinking they're in their not head. thinking about I those things that. right uh, so they're they don't put me because on. we don't have the research yet to to we have to have evidence to make our recommendations we don't have the evidence yet, exactly so, so there, there's a disconnect there right like we need to do more research yep. so that doctors can yep. actually prescribe it and talk about so, it and so we like we live in a time and a lot of the medical literature talks about this where pay, where the public is way ahead of doctors in in their their use of pharmacotherapies of of over the counter type recreational type and so and we're all just standing back like I, I we don't we can't say anything because the legalities are too profound. The for emails us. I get are amazing from, because from just people that want to use kratom. I, I think most people don't understand um, that I can't give medical advice. Right. They like every day I get how much should I take? You know, what kind should I take? What you know, and I get these questions and so I'd rather answer them in general on, you know, places yeah. <laughs> places like this, because there there is no amount to take. No. There hasn't been keep, anything. Keep it low. It's a weak opiate. Yeah. If you're a heroin addict, don't take it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I would say that's a pretty simple yeah. move. Uh if you're a meth addict and you have chronic pain and you've tried everything else, or even if you're an opiate addict and you don't want to try buprenorphine and you're really disabled by pain. It's a reasonable move. Cannabis is a reasonable move too. Yeah. The one thing a lot of people don't try, and actually, some, this is very interesting. It's something that has made me. It goes back to what Mike was talking about. It made me able to realize my full potential, I guess. And it could be a placebo effect, but somehow it worked for me. I was never never able to practice what I preach. So I always preached health and fitness, but I was kind of this fat power lifter that couldn't really figure out how to regulate his own metabolism. And by getting into Kratom and taking better care of my body and taking away uh, drugs and artificial things and even stuff like caffeine I'd, I had pulled out of my diet for a while, I just you know, tried to figure out how to get, how to get healthy. And when I figured out Imagine how to that. get healthy, Imagine that. <laughs> a, a lot of the pain started to go away. Imagine that. So my first Shocking. recommendation over anything uh, like Kratom or even NSAIDs 
is if you're in pain and you say that you've tried everything, have you tried to change your diet? And I think the number one thing that people need to know is grains and sugars cause a lot of inflammation in our body. We don't need to go on a full-on carnivore diet, which is an all-meat diet, which I do, and you've been practicing a little bit yourself. But you don't necessarily have to go that far. I think even there's an anti-inflammatory paleo protocol. There's several you know, anti-inflammatory diets that people can do and try. Although the paleo, I'm not sorry, the carnivore, like Jordan Peterson is on carnivore. His daughter had horrible disabling arthritis resolved with carnivore. My hunch, I have a hunch, and I can't prove this, but my hunch is a major piece of the anti-inflammatory effect of carnivore is the elimination of central adipose. Because mm-hmm. this is an inflammatory organ. For those we know listening that, that that is over your head, he's talking about belly fat. Yeah. I, I, we know that this is an inflammatory thing. And and no grain, no sugars, no starch really is effective at helping you get – it's a most effective I, way of getting rid of this thing. I had all my weight in my belly. Yeah. It was all in my Guy, stomach. Guys control. carry it. You know, women in their in their ass and their thighs, uh, guys, it's around the belly button. Yeah, you know? from, from drinking mainly. And, um, and genetics, you know, I'm genetically set up that way, and so that's where it goes. Uh, but I noticed going on a carnivore diet, I have abs for the first time. Right. Like, why is that? You know, it's like, oh, well, it's got rid of all this visceral fat. That's right. Well, it's that, not the visceral. Uh, the visceral, um, you can't see that. But, but, but the, uh, the, the, but the uh, central What do we fat. call that? Central obesity. Belly central, fat? Central, central fat. obesity. Central yeah. 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 I call it belly fat. Yeah. Yeah. What's so up? Susan's, what's Drew's like a 20-year-old now. I want a picture of all your abs at the end of this podcast. <laughs> you, guys, you guys don't. We got to go to tanning booth first. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, we had if, uh, we had uh, who who is that? Uh, Mike Safay on a couple about three or four weeks ago. He's a competitive men's physique. Oh yeah, you do not want to compare abs no, with that. No, 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 I don't. I don't. Holy <laughs> shit! It looked like. It I'm looked not. like a joke, right, Drew? When he pulled up his shirt, he, I, I thought Susan was going to pass out. Yeah, I'm not completely. I'm not completely there yet. I still have, you know, it's funny because I still have this like jiggly body fat on my lower belly, and I always complain about it. I was like, dude, you look so much better. Like, yeah, but yeah. it still annoys me. You yeah, know, you yeah, still want to get well, and and that's you got to you got to uh, take into consideration. And understand you dug your own grave with that by getting so heavy oh, to begin with. You know, Some of it is laxity. As we get older, yeah. there's some amount of laxity of the soft tissue. It sort of looks like there's fat there. And, it may not even be. And a lot of times that just takes time yeah. to go away. You were going right? to ask me something I interrupted you. you started to... Oh, I was going to ask you about your um, the effects of the carnivore diet for Remarkable. you. Just so, immediately, like in three days. Like so just three. beyond physique, beyond having just, abs. I, it, I'm, I'm, something's happening right now where I'm not as happy with it. I'm not sure why. But for the first... Eating too much. Probably first. No, I'm not though. Yes, you but, are. Maybe. What, what's your what's as your, compared to before? I'm not. Time out. What's your complaint? You're well, saying okay. something's happening. Right, so let, what let, is that? We'll get into it. But let me answer Chris's question. Yeah, I just had a colonoscopy, but but um, in the first three days, I was like, what? What? What's going on? Yeah. And I stayed that way for about three months. And I think ketosis was the main mm-hmm. advantage uh, at that point. And then I was sleeping better, more energy, more strength, more everything better. Uh, I could tell testosterone was up. I could just tell. I just felt more like myself, and, mm. you know. Um, but in the last, I'm doing it for like four or five months. But in the last three, four weeks, I don't know. Uh, something's not the same. Yeah, maybe the holidays. I don't know. Yeah, I could see it. Um, yeah. Maybe having an like an effect where like over time it could. You know, it could change. Wait, yeah, yeah. yeah like it could to, you have to jump it up or something. Maybe just, uh, yeah, go on, go on something a little bit more normal for a yeah, while, and then yeah. go back that's to it. That's kind of what thing, I'm thinking, and things like that. Like that's to, kind of what it feels like. That's why I was saying I was going to liberalize my carbohydrate. Intake a lot of a times, bit. just sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to have a sweet potato today, and I'll have a sweet potato. I'll put like you know a little bit of butter on it, not like a ton, but like you know something like that. Well, that's the other thing, I, which is Mike getting at. I I don't eat enough fat. I eat too much protein. And that's the that gets converted to sugar eventually. You know, yeah, if you, if you really overload. The yeah, system. but what every you, what every time eating? I every time I try to give him some recommendations on fat, he goes, ah, I don't know. Well, I don't like coconut oil. I don't like Not it. coconut but, oil. What, what you fuck fat for, fuck for fifty thousand times. Meat. I, I I try to eat fatty meats. I do. I eat bacon. Eat I eat I'm telling you, you're getting yeah. enough fat if you're eating eggs every, eggs every day and full fat meat. You're eating uh, you know ribeye and, and t-bone as opposed to yep. leaner cuts. Correct. You're getting enough fat. You're actually better off eating more protein because of protein leveraging. You know your body. Like, well, I think yeah, it pushes your it pushes your stoichiometry in a certain direction. So hopefully I, towards building. A, a thing that a lot of people don't know is why we get so hungry all the time and why everybody's hungry is we have a certain set point. Every species on the planet has a protein requirement 
And if we don't get to that protein requirement, we're going to overeat carbohydrates and we're going to overeat fat. So figuring out what your protein level is, it's usually around like, I think it's like 1.7, I think it's 1.7 per kg of body weight, which I don't know what it what it is in pounds. But anyway, people can look that up. It's the concept or the hypothesis of protein leveraging. If yeah. you get enough protein in per day, your body's not going to be looking for other things. Yes, I, I, that's what really the great thing seek, about this diet. Is it's I'm seeking out amino acids yeah. and it's seeking yeah. out the full array yeah. of amino acids. And I think some people are even more in need than others and I, I need it. So well, yeah, you're, you're a weightlifter. But, but back to, right, but back to your, you had it off the air, we were talking about whether it's a good thing or not. I still can't recommend it as a, you know, because again, we don't have the data yet. Yeah. I can't, but I, but, and so I, I tell people, don't do what I'm doing. I'm doing it. And, you know, here's my experience. And it's probably very, very different, you know, a 60 year old like me doing it, where I drive a ton of benefit, where the risk of being on this for a long period of time, I'm not going to be on it for 30 years, yeah. you know. It's, it's so tough it's, for me. Um, a lot of people ask, like, hey, should I do the carnivore diet? Right. And it's like, do you want to, you know, like, and so rather than necessarily like recommend, I usually ask a couple questions like, are you in pain? Are you overweight? You know, what, what is the reason? There's some people that hit me up, like a guy hit me up the other day and said, I'm 600 pounds. I need help. Oh my gosh. And I'm like, here's my phone number. Here's my email. I'll help you as much as you want for free mm. because you need help. Mm. Like if you don't get help, you could die. Oh yeah. And, um, what I recommended to him, I was like, you're not going to like this, but I think you should just eat all meat. Guy sends me back a picture of like 12 burgers, like stacked up. And he's like, I'm ready to go. You know? And it's like, he's well, a big a, guy. It's a start. He's a big guy. <laughs> yeah, right. Like yeah. I'm like in the beginning, yeah. you know, we've seen people eat as much as they want yeah. and still continue to lose weight. Yeah. And after a while, what happens, your body just regulates all that and says, I don't need this much. And you end up calorie restricting anyway. And I think, uh, most of these diets, I, I think as far as I've found, all of these diets are a way to restrict calories in some sort of way. You may be able to get away with eating a little more calories on like something like a carnivore diet, but I think in a way that it all comes down to caloric restriction because the longer I stay on it, the less I eat, it seems well, like. that's kind of what I'm experiencing now. And maybe that's why it wears off a little it's bit. It's not maybe. hyperpalatable. Like I, I, the, 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 there's, I, I'm always reticent to speak on things with expertise because I don't have expertise. But one thing I do have expertise in is regulating – intake and and calorie restriction things like that if you are eating hyper palatable things such as starches such as bread pasta um and any obviously sweets these are things that are uh, rice these are hyper palatable they're easy to digest and they go in they go in quickly and your body finds them um incredibly favorable to your taste buds it's very, very difficult to overeat meat. Yeah. That's it's very no, difficult. I know. And, and I think that that's why ketogenic diets and the carnivore as well, people find so much success. When it just, just from weight loss alone, people find success because they don't have to think too much about not yes, overeating. They just right. don't overeat. That's right. Well, it's that protein leveraging thing I talked yeah. about. You get your protein in. You also get a required amount of fat, and then you're full. Yeah. And you have nowhere else to go. And yeah. so for me, that's gone a long way in uh, regulating pain, getting rid of all the inflammation in my body and sort of just, you know, dispelling it out. And along with Kratom and the, the carnivore diet, I also use stuff like CBD or Mariva curcumin. I've found the most benefit, though, to be with the Kratom and the diet. Yeah, CBD, I, I've seen some, I had weird reaction. My wife had weird reaction. Who's <laughs> that weird reaction to it? I couldn't sleep. I, really? I, have, I have trouble sleeping with it too. I, I go to sleep. Attack when I went and she to had bed. a panic attack. You know, the next day I was I couldn't focus. I felt like I was going through menopause again. Hmm. I just totally not focused and couldn't finish a well, project. You were, you were panicking too. You yeah, panic. like a pa- anxiety. Yeah, it was weird. Somebody on uh, Facebook wants to know about becoming a vegan, a plant based diet, as opposed to carnivore. This is the this is oh, the well. eternal. The eternal question. Oh, and yeah. Tupperware lady says hi. Yeah! Oh, Kathleen! Tupperware she, she lady! She came on right at the beginning. Kathleen is Hi, Kathleen. Is she still here? I don't know. So, so uh, uh, we, that's a story for another day. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny because, like, I was eating bacon and beef forever, and at Thanksgiving, I was really at my all-time high weight because I don't work out every day. And I was eating high protein and trying to keep my calories down and everything. And I, the red meat thing, it just wasn't working for me. And I went on a diet where I just eat white meat and vegetables and fruit. And I lost seven pounds in one week. 
And, and you're restricting calories too. Yeah, but I was doing that with the carnivore, and yeah. it was I still was it wasn't working for me because I'm not lifting weights every day. I feel like it's what works for you, yeah. and and I feel like that's what we all need to find. Well, right? I mean, I've been on it. high protein diets before where I just had nothing but protein. I went to ketosis. I did Lindora, and I used to lose weight really easy with that. But I'd get these little protein bars and these little shakes, and you'd eat it, you know, in between. And you, you need had structure. To, yeah, you do. Yeah, structure. and I'm yeah, I need to have calories in calories. Yeah, out. she likes counting calories. I, I, and, stuff. I See, only... I, and I think that's that's the beauty of this. Like, there are different ways to get there. There's yeah. several well, different ways to get there. And, you know? and this this brings up another issue too: the vegan question, which is, please, everybody, you got to understand the way clinical research is done. It's it it asks a question and then attempts to answer that question with specific experimental designs. For instance, is wine good for your heart? Yes, it turns out a glass of wine is good for your heart. Is wine good for your survival? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. Is it good for everybody? No. Even people that become alcoholics because of that recommendation, because it's still good for their hearts. Yeah. But they die. And so they don't ask the question, is wine going to increase your survival over time? They don't ask, they ask, is it good for your heart? Yes. That doesn't mean it's good for you. Same thing is true of these diets. Is vegan diet good for your heart? Categorically. That diet is over and over and over shown to be true. Does that mean it's good for everybody? Does it mean that it's good for the people like you and me, Chris, who have the central stuff that yeah. we need to get rid of that's probably our greatest risk to our heart? No, because yeah. I can't survive a vegan diet. I can't stick to it. I can't do well, it. Well, and also you're, you talk about hyperpalatable foods. I, I get sick you, from it. You, I, I literally have diarrhea every time. To overeat on a vegan diet. I mean, you, you, know. you know I had incontinence and diarrhea on an airplane once thanks to trying to be on a vegan, vegan diet. Vegan food. I, yeah. I think a vegan diet <laughs> gets, shit a vegan diet gets to be tricky because it could be class. so many It could be so many things. Yes. I don't have anything against veganism. No, I don't either. But it's I think not, it's, it's fine if it's well formulated, but it also can be very poorly formulated, whereas a carnivore diet is one thing it's no way to fuck it up it's red meat and water and that's no way to fuck it up uh when you look at a vegan diet you can go into whole foods and you can buy all these like cakes and candies i'm not saying that's what vegans are doing but you know but a lot do you you can i have plenty of vegan friends that have man tits and big fucking bellies and now that is that to say that that is the case with veganism obviously not guys like mike mahler and nima delgado who we're going to talk to they eat later today i mean they they look they look amazing and they're eating, you know, high uh, healthy fats and pro- high protein. All the and and veganism in and of itself obviously is not unhealthy. It's just that, as Chris is pointing out, there's a lot of different directions you can go under the umbrella of veganism. And to just say vegan is good is naive. Well, it's like keto. Keto, yeah. you can do it terrible. Yeah. You can get so fat on keto. You know, so if you do it wrong and you're yeah. eating the wrong foods and not putting good quality ingredients into your diet you're not going to do good either way so i think either way that you go we have to eat real whole foods from the earth the best the better the more we can go towards not eating things with a nutrition label on them everybody's looking at the nutrition label look for things without a nutrition label look for foods that don't don't. come with it yeah yeah like when you buy broccoli does it have a label on it like no it doesn't have any label on it when you buy meat doesn't have a label on it it's just in a package so just buy the things that you know, are whole foods from the earth, and any way you go at that point, you really can't screw up. I um, I've noticed something. This is purely anecdotal, um, and I wonder what it is. I can't seem to put my finger on it, but I've seen enough cases where there is something there. In comparison to the ab- regular ketogenic diet, something about the carnivore diet actually increases performance. Whereas I've seen plenty of cases, and it's and it's studied that a ketogenic diet can decrease performance of things, in, you know, anaerobic capacity, and it's great for uh, endurance athletes. I've seen endurance athletes thrive on it. But um, ketogenic ketogenic diet. I've seen endurance athletes; they they can thrive on uh, a ketogenic diet. You know, long. I thought you had to shift into carbs at some point with that. No, no, moderate moderate pace, yeah. like long marathon runners right. and things like that. Ironman. I've it's seen great for mental clarity. Too, but which I but love. but as far as like. Running sprints, yeah. um, Olympic lifting, uh, you know, doing doing sprints on a rowing machine. Ketogenic diets are disastrous. Yeah, I've for seen. most people. But then, but the, I've seen three or four people who follow strict carnivore diets, and they're breaking records on on rowing machine, and they're running Sean sprints. Baker. And and but, yeah. but here's what I wonder is whether because that's what I think is what's happening to me is I, I feel like my I'm, my weightlifting is burning out a little bit. Like I need more carb for the explosive lifting. Yeah, it's true. I mean, that's, what that's it feels just like. that just goes without saying. You're not going to find 
You're not going to find an MMA fighter. You're not going to find a boxer or an Olympic weightlifter or someone yeah. who has to do anything explosive. You're not yeah. going to find them on a low-carb diet. That's just, not, that's just not reality. See, I've I found completely different results with my lifting. My lifting has gone through the roof. No, mine did too, but it's sort um, of – But it now, it's coming, it's, kind of, right. now it's coming yeah. back down a little bit. Yeah. Here, let me take a moment to tell you guys about something truly awesome. It's called Care Of, Okay. You're part, you do that, right? You, I do, you, yeah. and I and I love well, it. Susan does it too. My uh, the producer does it. What it is is a. Vitamin. Why am I left out? Why am I not getting? Well, you can take take, take the online quiz, Drew, which okay. is what everyone has to do at care. Uh, you go to takecareof.com. I, okay. There's so an go, online wait, wait. quiz there. I go to takecareof.com. Yes. I fill out the quiz. Does it say quiz? It's only like five minutes, five, six does, minutes does of your time. Does it say quiz or just a questionnaire? It's right there for quiz. you to All take. Right. It's an online quiz that you take, and it helps you. That you give them information about your lifestyle, your age, your gender, all that kind of stuff, and, yeah. it, and it gets it gets into detail Talk about, about weightlifting and the, stuff. the amount of training that oh, you yeah. do, the type of training you do, and then they can then using a scientific board that they have that they've entrusted cater to you a specific packet that gets delivered right to your door of vitamins and minerals that you are probably in need of or might be uh, you know in, in not receiving enough of. You, you know what I like about what you're saying is yeah. uh, you're not leaving out the minerals, which most people do. Absolutely. And that's the main thing for me, man. I need those minerals. You heard me. You heard me correctly. You get right to deliver to your front door a personalized, easy-to-remember daily packs. They all come in little self-sealed daily packs. Perfect. So if you're busy on-the-go lifestyle, you don't have to worry about caring about 11 different pills or anything mm. like that. What was yours? What, what kind of stuff did you get? Uh, I, you know, for bone health, I got a lot of like uh, some calcium stuff and huh. then a lot of di- digestive. Magnesium. Yeah, magnesium was uh, oh, was I need in the there. digestive stuff too. And, then, and, uh, and magnesium. I was thinking about that. I'm not getting enough magnesium. I was thinking about some that. Some digestive stuff. I get fair stuff. for the meat, I guess. It's good for, your, good for yeah. your sleep too. Yeah, magnesium. well, he, he, used, he used that stuff for sleep. Sometimes. Yeah, and then, and, well, you, you hit the nail on the head. I got a lot of stuff for anti-stress and sleep aids, oh. you know, things like that. The natural, uh, you know, uh, holistic stuff. Cool. Like what? They just sent you everything. They, 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 they just sent me the entire panel. What, what's good for holistic words? Things like rhodia, rhodolia, rosia, or uh, yeah. I forget if I'm saying it's an uh, rhodesia, yeah, rhodolia, <laughs> and then ashwagandha, which is an ancient uh, Ayurvedic herb, which has been proven in scientific ample. So these guys use herbs as well as vitamins. Yeah, everything you can possibly oh, need nice. to help yeah. optimize your Everybody's lifestyle. Everybody's taking ashwagandha right now. Ashwagandha is super popular. Yeah. Wow, I didn't even get that. I I got biotin for my hair and magnesium and cool. and a vitamin B pill. I feel very left then, out. I'm angry, you guys. And because I like to this. drink, they gave me milk thistle. <laughs> and then also, if you're living a specialty lifestyle. Then you're taken care of with care of. They've got vegan, vegetarian supplements for anyone oh, wow. who is in need of that. Prenatal, postnatal. Oh, nice. All of that is taken care of at care of. So do do yourself a favor if you're in need of vitamin and mineral supplementation. And look, 90% of people fall short of the FDA recommended guidelines when it comes to vitamin and mineral nutrients. Go to takecareof.com. Enter the code SWOLE, S-W-O-L-E, S-W-O-L-E. Go to Take Care of. Put in swole, and you get 25% off your first month of personalized care of vitamins and minerals. Uh, our guest today on the Swole Patrol, the one and only Chris Bell, everybody. Stop yeah. what you're doing. Even if you're holding a baby, just <laughs> throw that baby down and give yourself give, – give him a round of applause. Uh, film Extraordinary filmmaker, also uh, avid weightlifter, weight trainer, and a proponent for – Kratom and the carnivore diet, both. Uh, and you feel like they work synergistically. You know? Yeah, I, that's why I'm talking about them at the same time, kind of. They just go hand in hand. You know, I think once you re- lower a little bit of inflammation with the diet, you kill a little pain with the Kratom, and it um, helps you train a lot harder. It helps me train a lot harder. How, um, Drew was bitching and moaning about his, his fallout with weight training. And Not fallout. I just no, but there's been a, a decline. Yeah. Okay. Um, you you are a guy who has maintained a, a very low carb diet for a considerable amount of time. I mean, most people. That's another thing is that people's like, I tried to go keto for two weeks and it didn't work out. I was like, you need to give it six months, yeah. really, and commit to it for six months if you want to see any of the real overall benefits. You might see some quick weight loss, but in reality, if you want to see some some life changing. Uh, a, appeal that a lot of people talk about with ketogenic diets, I, I recommend six months. Um, you're you're in years, and yeah. um, your weight training performance has considerably increased. Oh, through the, uh, uh, almost uniformly. A lot of that is like uh, strength coming back to me. So yeah. you know, I used to be really strong when I was a lot younger, but in the past ten years, I didn't. I haven't put up a lot of numbers because 
I was always in pain. Everything always hurt. You know, I have two fake hips. And so before I had fake hips, I could squat 500 pounds for eight reps. I could do crazy stuff, you know, when I was, when I was younger. And um, I can't do those same kind of weights anymore, but I got my deadlift back up to right now it's sitting at like 550. Nice. Which is all right for fake hips. Um, huge. But uh, I would like to get, get it higher. But I also am feeling the effects of that because after a heavy deadlift day, it takes it takes a it while takes to re- it takes a while to recover. Now, now I'm thinking, you know, as a 46 year old individual, like, is that even a good idea, or you know, is it good to push ourselves that far, or am I going to do something to damage myself again and get hurt? Well, I think it's about regulating the volume and intensity, and and maybe maybe it is good to push yourself like that. Once every two weeks. Yeah, that's what As I. As opposed to when we were thirty-five or, or twenty-five, it's I could. I mean, I could do it's one exactly of maxes. the conversation I had with myself on the way home from the gym. Maybe I should do this once every two weeks because doing it every week is really damaging, mm-hmm. you know. And so that's how we learn, you know. We we get in there. Although it's your it. brother that convinced me to start lifting heavy weights again. Yeah, but he's and it, it helped. It, things got better. Yeah, yeah. I think um, Mark has this. Uh, you know, innate ability to just like, he, he loves training, but he's also found a lot in it. And he found, I think he's found that every time he's been down and out and he returns to that, that it brings him somewhere else. It brings him to like a new spot. So, you know, our brother, Mad Dog, he passed away 10 years ago and it was uh, yesterday was, was, you know, 10 years ago yesterday he passed away and Mark, uh, just to challenge himself said, I'm going to squat 600 uh, at 6am for my brother. And he did it, you know, and so to me, that's like, that's really cool that he can still get at it. So he retired from powerlifting and he'd squatted a thousand pounds in a squat suit uh, when it was, you know, geared and equipped and he was on a ton of steroids and all that stuff like that. Uh, he squatted 1,080, but to see him squat 600 <laughs> pounds in just a pair of knee sleeves, just, you know, just because my brother inspired him was, it's a really cool thing to see him be able to do that. And that, I brings... did, I did the same thing just to want to let you know, just to honor your brother. I squatted 600 at 6 a.m. yesterday. Hey, thank you, man. No, no one was there. But, yeah. Nobody uh, saw it. Yeah, nobody and, saw and it wasn't on Instagram. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. So, you know, just to be able to get back to the heavyweights and get, you know, give you something to look forward to or something to do, I think. It, you know, it's okay now and then, but I said maybe I might be doing it a little bit too much right now. Well, and Drew, Drew suffers from that because Drew's a workaholic, and yeah. um, and I don't want to speak for you, Drew, but Drew's yeah. a workaholic and Drew's a, a, a Type A dude, and so Drew's problem is I'm 60, I'm getting back into heavy, lifting heavy weights, which is probably a great thing, but now I'm training every fucking day, I'm deadlifting every other day and squatting every day, and I, I go, well, Drew, you can't take the Dr. Drew approach to lifting heavy weights. It, it, it's too taxing you on the body. You can't be a workaholic yeah. in yeah. the gym, really. Yeah. And it, if you are, you have to find other things to get that energy out. You know, one of my favorite things now is just walking. I walk all the time because a lot of times I just – I have a lot of creative energy, too, like making films and stuff like that. So, you know, sometimes you just – you got to get out of your house and you got to do something. So I think just, you know, going for a walk, we call it uh, hashtag 10-minute walk because what Mark and I do, and we learned this from our buddy Stan Efferding, is we walk for 10 minutes after each meal, which helps with your insulin sensitivity. Absolutely. Helps your body to Conclusive utilize. Conclusive and ample yeah. scientific proof. Their yeah. blood sugar regulation, insulin oh, sensitivity no, we tell our is all. We tell our diabetics to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, we, we just started like, hey, 10-minute walk. And, you know, our dad is the one that really got into it. He He's always, after, after every meal, you know, he's 70 years old. He just goes out for a little walk around the block, and he takes our, uh, you know, my nephew and his grandson with him a lot, and they just go for these walks. And I think that um, that's just a great way for people that aren't moving, for people that say that they're too busy. Everybody's got ten minutes on the end of their lunch break to like go out and do a walk or whatever, right? So we we just got to find time to do those things. I also and I've seen studies to back this up. It may be the most bio, kinetically bioengineering wise the most appropriate form of exercise for the human body walking walking and, and as far as the the absolute absolute absolutely devoid of downside there's no pounding on the ankles and there's yeah. no central nervous system overload um and and the upside is is there it's tremendous and it's shown that um i i I think it's a, a perfect adjunct to whatever you're doing. Yeah, Hippocrates yeah. said it a long time ago. He said, walking is the best medicine, man's best medicine. Yeah. That's why and, I love New York. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's actually 
that's actually true. Just getting out there and walking. I've actually stopped doing all um, steady state cardio. I was doing like an hour on the step mill a day, and I was killing myself. And I was, you know, I have actually seen better results by getting after it more in the gym with weight training and less with the cardio and having doing cardio still. I don't want to ignore that, but doing just my cardio just as walking. Yeah. I'm not really expending that much energy, which is also doing what? Not making me more hungry. Right. So a lot of people don't understand. They get on this uh, steady state exercise for 45 minutes. Your body says, well, I got to get really good at this exercise, so I'm going to get prepped to do 45 minutes of just this stupid elliptical thing. Dan John put it perfectly. He was talking about how body fat reduction is inefficiency. You know, burning body fat is about inefficiency of of uh, regulation of oxygen intake, and endurance aerobic exercise is the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. The more efficient you become at running, at jogging, at walking, the, 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 the less you know, effect, the less gonna effect have. it's going to have metabolically at burning body fat. You know, burning body fat is about inefficiency when it comes to you know oxygen consumption and things like that. So I think a lot of women in particular fall victim to that where they just get addicted to burning 700 calories on a step mill uh, and, and avoiding resistance training. And then they, they – of course, they, they have no choice but they, to go over on their – at the wrong number. They're going over on their calorie intake because they come home and they're fucking starving. Yeah. And you're starving and craving everything that you're not supposed to be eating. You know, no one, no one gets – I, I mean I, I'll speak for myself personally. I've never like – I've never gotten back from Muay Thai or Jiu-Jitsu and, and just been fatigued and famished and, and just covered dripping in sweat and thought to myself, oh, nothing would t- sound better than chicken breast. Yeah. It just exactly. doesn't happen. You're star- That's exactly you're the food I'm thinking about. You're starving for bread. You're starving yeah. for bread and you get these in- incredible cravings for, for it. I don't know what it is chemically with that type of exercise that um, that does it for you, but yeah. you know, I, I, I can easily I can easily if I've if I've avoiding all other exercise and just lifting weights, I can easily just eat steak and be, be perfectly fine. Yeah, and that's the kind of the good thing about the carnivore diet. People say, Don't you get sick of it? And I'm like, Well, I only eat like twice a day. Mm-hmm. So if I eat twice a day, by the time that I do eat, I'm starving because I haven't eaten all day and I'm looking at a steak and it looks good and it tastes good and then, you know, another eight hours go by and then I have another meal. I'm I'm hungry again. Yeah. I want to eat, and so I never really get sick of it. What happens when you do? Uh, and I I know for a fact because you you chronicle it pretty well on your Instagram, Big Fast Strong, uh, Big Fast Strong, or Big, big Strong Fast, Big Strong Fast at Big Strong Fast on. Sound like you said Big Fat Strong. <laughs> <laughs> I did not. I did not. No, sir. It's old days. Um, uh, Big Strong Fast at Big Strong Fast on Instagram. Um, you chronicle it pretty well. I I don't see you falling off the wagon with any frequency but when that does happen when you do have a candy bar when you how does that make you feel uh, i actually do have some stuff off the diet here and there. i tell people um all the time there's a couple of things that i like just a couple like not a lot but there's some things that i every once in a while i'm like man i just want some blueberries mm. but i think blueberries are very good for absolutely you. so i'll go buy a thing of blueberries and usually what i do is i just kill things at once like i'll buy a whole thing of blueberries i'll just I'll crush it right there. Yeah. And it's done. It's gone. It's out of my mind. It's out of my craving, you know, category there. And I move on, you know, with just meat for a while. And then, you know, I'll crave something else. So every once in a while, I'll have some fruit. Um, there's a couple little keto snacks that I like. There's these bars. They're called Boo Bars, B-H-U. Have you ever tried I have, that? I've seen them, yeah. I haven't tried them. I've seen oh them. Oh, my God. They're, they? they're like these chocolate chip cookie dough bars. They're made with a vegan. They're actually vegan. And they're called Boo Bars, B-H-U. And I have never had a bar that tasted this good. And I tell people about them, like, why do you have to tell me, man? I'm is screwed it, now. Yeah. Is, it, is it protein? It's a, it's a protein. It's a keto bar. It's called yeah. Boo Keto. High fat, high fat. Yeah, high but it's not. It's only 200 calories. Yeah. So I'll have two or three of them. <laughs> but I'll just crush those. And then they're, they're Looking that up right yeah, now. <laughs> I'll crush them, and then they're out of my system. And then I don't have to worry about them. They make cookies and stuff too, but I don't know what the fat fudge. The too, uh, are. A, a friend of mine out in Venice makes the fat fudge. That's Mary, stuff. right? Yeah, she's yeah. A, Mary Shenuda. See, I think stuff like fat fudge is actually healthy. Yeah, that's I don't, there's nothing. There's nothing. I think a boo bar is actually probably good too. Yeah. What's in fat fudge? Fat fudge is uh, it's turmeric and some maca and uh, some uh, some butter, some grass fed mm-hmm. butter, and um, no sugar. No, no. I mean, I, I think they they flavor it with, uh, but they have a uh, will flavor it with 
Manuka honey, but they have a honey-free version. Mm-hmm. But uh, Fat Fudge I found to be a, a fantastic little treat. There. I'm also a big fan of uh, – I, I was always a fan of candy. Yeah. And so if I ever wanted to fall off the wagon and be like, oh, i got to have candy. How about Lily's Chocolate? I, I was going to mention Lily's chocolate's pretty good. I don't. I'm not really a chocolate guy. I used to like like Sour Patch Kids and stuff. So they made these things called Smart Sweets. Lily's mm-hmm. chocolate is that what I had last yeah, night? Yeah, it's really. Have good. you Smart heard Sweets of- are great. My daughter loves them. Now they're good, but I actually heard that they could raise your blood sugar. Oh, so really? I've seen people do some testing with them. I haven't tested them myself without, without carbohydrates. Yeah, well, they, they have used, fiber. They in use them, a rhythm, like a like where they use a. I don't um, know what they use. How much is it going to raise your sugar? That no, but matters. it's a it's a it's a sweetener that's a like some type. Of non nutritive fiber, I understand, but how much is it going to raise your sugar? That well, it matters. You know the guy I mean? right. um, who did the testing was Dr. Anthony Gustin. Uh, he did it on his Instagram. He said it brought it to over 200 for really a couple hours, and I was like, That sounds that crazy! Sounds crazy, yeah. So, and, I don't know, I'd have these, to check it myself. These bars, there's all kinds of varieties. Oh, just get the Boo Keto chocolate chip. Boo Keto, okay, sounds like a martial art peanut butter chocolate chip. Is that what you mean? Uh, just uh, chocolate chip because don't get the regular. The regular ones suck. You have to get the refrigerated um, keto keto ones. ones. It's not keto. that they suck; they're just not as good. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> refrigerated bars are where it's at. Those are the best. Chris, we yeah. talked about how uh, a little bit before the podcast how inspirational um, you have been to other people because they that you've shown your before and after. You've they've show, you've shown the progress of you being considerably overweight and mm-hmm. and out of shape. And now deadlifting 550 and 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 really muscular lean physique, um, th- that you being inspirational to other people does it in turn become inspirational back to you? Oh, absolutely. When you hear that that you've gotten people motivated. Yeah. Hold on, before you answer, is it these? No, no. Hold on, that's a keto bar. That's uh, a good time to good good way B- to spend B-H-U the podcast through. keto. I'm sorry. That's all right. But go ahead. Keto, Get chocolate chip. Answer, Mike. What were you saying? Spending I was saying, I was saying that if you find that you have become an inspiration to others, oh, is does it that in turn become more inspirational to you? Yeah, I think that's what keeps me going. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of times, I don't know, I mean, I'm just like anybody else. There's so many days where I wake up and I'm like, I don't want to go to the gym today. I think what a lot of people don't understand, and one of the reasons why I take Kratom and I'll defend it all day long, is because when I wake up at 4 o'clock in the morning a lot of days, it takes me until about five five thirty to just even be able to get moving. Like I, I'm a wreck when I wake up. Yeah, I feel like shit. <laughs> and um, it is takes your sleep. A, okay, maybe I ought to get that looked at. My my sleep is is good. Like I I can I've been getting enough sleep. Like time wise, there's something wrong with your sleep there, mechanisms. There there could be. Yeah. Right. Um. But I feel like um when I wake up, you know, my back hurts, my knees hurt, like my ankles hurt, and it. I need to take I take Kratom and that sort of starts getting me going and uh it just takes a while for me to really get moving. I have to take a hot shower so I can get my joints moving and everything just is have you achy. seen a rheumatologist ever to make sure you don't have some infl- real true inflammatory disease? I I have not because I've always been told that I don't have rheumatoid arthritis um yeah, from a, my normal blood test but is there something else I should be looking at? Well there's things like that. I mean there's, there's Reiter syndrome and ankylosing spondylitis and crossover syndromes that, Yeah. I don't you know. know. I'm just always in pain when I wake up. So yeah. it takes Are me a you while. Stiff also, pretty stiff. Yeah. See, I, I have somebody a rheumatologist look. I mean, I almost hate to send you down that path because they sometimes over, you know, the, the yeah, yeah, hammer. Yeah. The whole world's a nail, right? Sure. But something to think about if, if you get no, really I, stiff. I, you know, I've always been trying to go to a doctor, hoping that there was some sort yeah. of thing that comes out. And I think yeah. a lot of times, like, I'll go to the doctor. And the doctor, will be like, you're totally fine. I, right. My yeah. knees are so bad. That some days I can barely walk, and I went to a doctor. And he's like, "Yeah, your knees are a little arthritic, but there's there's nothing no really deal. wrong." I'm like, "There's something really wrong in there." <laughs> well, it could be all soft tissue, right? And, yeah, and not joint. Yeah, so and it's the hard. Soft tissues from the weightlifting. Just haven't had anybody uh, figure it out yet. Right. It could be you suffer from the same problem that Drew has, and that your cock's too big. Right? Yeah, and, and it's that's just, hard. It's throwing off the balance hard of your to get entire out of body. Bed. Your hip hard girdles all bad. Right? Yeah. You carry that forward. Yeah. All that's Drew's problem. Tough yeah. on your knees. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, see. I don't suffer from that, so my I've, I've got zero weight in my pelvic girdle. You got nothing, so I, I'm perfectly fine, well balanced, and everything. But uh, yeah, you know, I think that the morning ritual of um, of getting out of pain has uh, it's become a thing for me, though, and actually, it's been it's been really valuable. I think a lot of people should look into this if they're not doing it already. Wake up early if you can. Go to sleep yeah, early. Yeah. Mark, my brother Mark, always says set an alarm to go to bed, and I think that's a great idea. 
When, when you when you have pain, does it ever get into the muscles or always over the joints? It's always in the joints. Joints. Yeah. Seems yeah. like my like when I sleep, I'm like the Tin Man. So yeah, I, you don't I go to enough. I go to sleep, and yeah. then it's like eh, everything's locked up, and then I yeah. wake up, and it's like you know everything's kind of creaky, and yeah, it just yeah. it takes a while to really get moving, you know, and, and once I get to the, it's funny, like once I get to the gym, I go to Gold's in Venice where this guy goes, mm-hmm. where Mike goes, and um, once, I, once I get to the gym and I'm, you know, 20 minutes in on cardio You're fine. or something, like I'll go, like a lot of times I'll start out just walking yeah. and then I'm completely fine. Everything well, loosens up. Everything feels great, but it's a combination of all the different things that I'm doing, yeah. all the different protocols that I'm doing to get me there, yeah. you know? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I've, the, the, the same kind of feeling and the same cycle that you're uh, experiencing where you become motivational to someone else, that becomes motivational and back to you. That's a basis of recovery. That's 12-step there, right there, is that I got clean. I go to meetings. I'd see someone who would motivate me and then spend a cup, you know, and, and use that as inspiration. And you, and I look at it exactly the same. And then know? in turn, I get – now I – 16 years in, 17 years in, I get people who are emailing me. They're like, you've been coming inspiration to me. And I sponsor other kids. And it, it just it's just this cycle of inspiration back and what, forth. What's really crazy is um, getting people fired up who you really look up to. Yeah. Where they're like, holy shit, man. You're, you're doing it. Like uh, The Rock liked one of my posts. Like that to me. Come that, on. That's awesome. To me, like that's, like that's the nerdiest, coolest thing ever. <laughs> Fuck yeah, dude. But, you know, I've been friends with him since uh, 1999 from yeah. the Mecca, from Gold's. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah, no problem. <laughs> I'm um, sure he's really easy to get a hold of. I'd but pay, to see I'd, things I'd get like, him an Uber. <laughs> like that and, you know, guys that we looked up to as, as kids, seeing uh, Ed Cohen, greatest powerlifter of all time, yep. you know, saying, hey, man, way to, way to go. And he's got two fake hips also. He can still deadlift like probably 700. He's wow. crazy. He deadlifted 900 pounds at 220. I've seen him do at, six like, something. At like 58 years old or something. Oh, 50 my God. something, yeah. yeah. But he's still uh, just, he's strong as champion. Hell. Yeah, yeah, and you know, guys like Michael Hearn. I mean, there's a there's a there's myriad people, especially around the mecca there. That, Michael Hearn's probably the most inspirational, like in like as far as personal friends go. Yeah, he's the guy that I draw the most from. He, yeah. you know why? Because I had I, I had issues with Michael Hearn for a while. We we've, we've always been close. We've always been good friends. But admittedly, for a while, I think I was just jealous of him. Yeah. he was always so awesome. He was always shredded in great shape. Allegedly, without anything. Yeah, and I'd always be like, ah, screw that guy, you know. (laughs) But instead of, uh, and 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 we were always friends. Like, don't get me wrong, but like, in a way, he's won me over over time. Seeing like how much, like, it was actually when I started getting in shape, when I really appreciated everything that that guy does and puts into himself, and I just realized that. It's not necessarily discipline. He just cares about himself more than a lot of other people do, and I don't think there's anything wrong with that. I think yeah. that's what we need to do. We need to. I read an article called "The Myth of Discipline" by the late Charles Poliquin, and it says there. He says there's no such thing as discipline. It's all a matter how much do you love yourself, and that made me frame it in a different way. How much do you care? It's true. Yeah, I, I about heard, how uh, I feel about myself. My my uh, jujitsu coach of mine um, many years ago. He said, replace I don't have time for or um, any uh, other excuse. Replace that with I don't care enough and notice how you change your perspective on things. Because the reality mm-hmm. is, is if you don't make time to do things, if you don't go out of your way, if you don't sacrifice a little bit to do these things, the reality is you just don't care enough. So I don't care enough to lose weight. Yeah. Basically, like rather Adam, than saying I can't lose weight. Sound like Adam Carolla now. That's his big pitch. What? It's like It's like that's it, – it, you know, you forget where you put the keys every day because you don't care enough to remember to put them somewhere every day right. in the same spot. Right. If it were, if your life depended upon it, you'd get it. You'd absolutely, remember. absolutely, and the same thing. You know, I've, I've, you know, where a friend invites me to a birthday party or something, and I go to myself, yeah, well, I had, I didn't spend too much time with my daughter yesterday. I'm not going to go to it. And the reality is, if if someone asked me to go to the UFC at the Staples Center, I'd be like, oh, I'm there <laughs> because I care. You know what I'm saying? And yeah. it's like reverse the way you you look at things. It's really about how you, how much you care about. Anybody things. on Facebook asking questions? Oh, sorry, I was doing something on Facebook. I was getting. She's over there on social media. Well, I, yeah, I We're was over here, was blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, yeah. no, blood, I, sweat, and tears. I'm sorry, I wasn't watching that particular moment, but I will go back and look at. 
we, you know, somebody was asking about protein power, but I couldn't protein understand. Powder. Protein powder. You I have, have an interesting uh, thing about protein powder because I was just talking about that today. Go ahead. So, Do they use protein powder mainly to get protein from food? I don't know what I would they, say, they were talking I about. I would say avoid protein powders at all costs. I'm with Unless you. you need it to supplement your diet because you're on vacation. Or I was going to say, know, it's, it's, it's traveling. Yeah, it's I managing. Like protein bars as yeah, but snacks, it, though. But this is really important. Terrible. But no? <laughs> it's really important. <laughs> on my they're, diet. They're full of Well, I just said I like protein bars as snacks, but it's not a good option well, yeah. for Well, Mike protein. gave me one. Let's look at this one. Hey, the Mark oh. Sisson's Primal Bar. Yeah. Oh, yeah, Mark Sisson. He makes pretty good stuff. Yeah, but I, I'm saying, like, as your main source of food, yeah. it's not, not a good idea. It's a good idea to have those bars and have them in your cabinet for when you need them. Yeah, but you bring an interesting point. When you are traveling, it, you have to plan ahead. Yeah. I, I use the uh, elk bars from Onnit. Oh, yeah. So good. The but dogs you know, like that, that's more. The dogs yeah, like but see, that's more of a real food. I know. I, think I that understand. That works. Really so the thing that people need to know about protein powder is it doesn't really have the thermic effect of food that a piece of meat would carry. So if you're going to eat a piece of steak, it takes your body some calories to expend to break that down yeah. and oh, really? to, yeah, it's much more satiating it's a million protein drinks like the one you get at Trader Joe's no the don't, high protein don't. Drink. Stay, everyone stay away from I the pre I love those if, a if lot it's of in them a are, can pre-mix I and everything I love those well because the they're probably thing. very delicious bottom right? line sometimes is sometimes uh, when I don't have time to eat I just have one of those and that's okay. that's okay that's what it's for uh-huh. you know but I think uh, but also again, change I don't have time with I don't care enough to get up 20 minutes earlier and make myself no, some I, egg whites sometimes I'm just running around and I go oh shit I forgot to eat and I just grab it and I run out the door and I jump the other the option that you have which is the best option is the fast whenever you don't have something to eat or you forget to eat don't yeah don't eat and, <laughs> and just go to go to your next meal and people think ah oh, but I'm gonna be so hungry just so try what? just try it yeah, like if so you're, what if you're trying to be healthy and you're trying to get in shape we know that caloric restriction Works, yeah, and we know that it's yeah, that it's relatively good for you. It's Mike, healthy, yeah. Uh, yeah. Remember what Mike's FA said too on on our uh, interview with him. He's like, learn to love that feeling of being a little hungry too. Well, because that prime, it's it touches into something primal. Like le- instead of looking at it as like I'm going to be hungry, it's like yeah, learn to enjoy that though. Learn well, it's, to it's, get, it's, that's a whole. But yeah. actually, she just made a face like if I'm hungry, I'm blah. Yeah. But what <laughs> ends up what ends up happening is you do get blah. But then I'm after right you break but through, after it. you push through that, you start producing ketones. Yeah. Right? Ketones and, and epinephrine, you adrenaline, and then comes your body out to starts going like, "Oh, yeah. I'm not even hungry." You, you ever you've been really hungry, and then yeah. something happens, and you forget about it, and then you're like, "I was really hungry a couple hours ago, but I, you know, I didn't eat." And then I went past it, and now mm-hmm. now you're like, how come I'm not hungry? I was starving two hours ago. That's true. I didn't eat anything. It's because your body has shifted now into a different, you know, state, zone basically. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. different mm-hmm. state. Yeah. No, I. That's how you lose weight. Keep on it. Keep on it. Keep keep the mind sharp when it comes to the idea of because the the number one problem I find with people who ask me health and fitness questions is when it comes to losing weight. It's like, what do I do about cravings? What do I do about being hungry? I go fucking deal with it. That's part of the deal. That's part well, of understanding. It's, it's a really. The, but you talked about the Safay's thing, which yeah. uh, with the learn to like the the hunger. There's a weird thing you can flip into that we worry about psychologically, psychiatrically, where deprivation becomes rewarding, addicting. But it can't. But that's, why is that? that why is that too, bad? Huh? But why side, is yeah. that bad? Well, that's where eating disorders come from. Where, where, uh, well, where okay. you start liking that you deprive yourself, and that's rewarding in some way. I understand so, that, but but some, somehow it's one of the features. Redemption through suffering can be a beautiful thing. You oh, know? I, listen, uh, the 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 point that you should be uncomfortable and so what is a perfectly good point. Yeah, discomfort is not people panic over any kind of discomfort. It's crazy, it, like especially hunger. <gasps> yeah. So, uh, so what? So I get great. really nervous about it, but I don't anymore. But I used to be like, huh, what am I going to do? I'm going to get on a plane and I'm going to go and there's going to be no food there. And now it's like, I'll just get on a plane. I'll go. Yeah. And I don't even I don't even think about it. And when the people come by with the with the peanuts and pretzels, I used to always just take them just in case. Yeah. I had never touched that stuff now because it's yeah. just not in, in my diet. You know? Wow, you have a lot of control. Uh, <laughs> all, all of your—I can't recognize, recommend enough all of your films. Honestly, oh, uh, you. Trophy Kids is is just an exceptional film that really I think illuminates a big problem uh, in this country. Um, of course, big, bigger, stronger, fa- bigger, faster, stronger, bigger, stronger, faster, bigger, stronger, faster. I always screwed up. Um, with your original film—it's it, now become really a landmark documentary in the world of health and fitness. And then uh, the newest one, Leaf of Faith. Um, I, yeah, I, you, you do a great job of putting together those films, and you should, you deserve to be uh, applauded for that. 
Thank um, you. And A Leaf of Faith is available now on Netflix. Yeah. Before you go, though, Kimberly Guerra has been asking questions, and I've been sort of passing over her. She sounds like a hot chick. Yeah. She, All right, Kimberly. Well, she has a lot of questions, but um, the last two were – she wanted to know if you fix both hips together or separate, but then her second question was – not a bad question. Which is the most important of the five food groups? Ah. I the five, um, the food Animal group, protein. But the food group thing is sort of yeah, not a worthy – Well, I would say – I'd have to say meat. Yeah. Right? I mean, yeah. at meat's where – so – if you want to talk about what's the most important food group, food group, it would have to be meat by far because that's where, to me, that's where we get most of our uh, nutrients from. Um, but to other people, they might find it in the vegetable because they're a vegan, right? So right. Th- it depends on where you're looking for your nutrients. Yeah. But if you're if you do eat meat, I would say that meat would be by first, far. and then you'd you'd probably even go into like fruits, and then probably vegetables. Oh, really? And vegetables aren't really as nutrient dense. Like uh, meat has, the, if you look at a nutrient density chart, um, kale's pretty high in in a lot of nutrients. Uh, but it doesn't even come close to what beef has overall and what liver has overall, right. what shellfish have overall. So the amount of nutrients, vitamins and minerals and macronutrients that are in a piece of steak are going to far outweigh anything in the vegetable world. That's one thing that people need to know. Now, people will compare like you'll see these things where it's like per ounce of this, per ounce of this. And it's like broccoli will be way above beef. But most of the people don't understand. It's like we can't use a lot of that either. So what's absorbable? What, how much of the vitamins are absorbable? Yeah. There's going to be more absorbable vitamins out of and minerals out of uh, a piece of meat than there will out of – you know, a vegetable where our bodies are just adapted to that. Now, if we were an animal, we were a cow and we had four stomachs, we'd be processing that in a different way. A lot of people don't know that herbivores actually eat a high fat diet because they convert the, um, the carbohydrates in their stomach. They convert that into fat, which is kind of a crazy thing. So even like a rabbit is, is on essentially a high fat diet by the time it processes it. So that's why we see the fats being good in humans. Well, what about legumes? Legumes? Yes. Uh, I mean, what about them as far as being important? I mean, that's protein too. Yeah. Yeah, they're okay. They're not going to give you the same same full, complete. Well, you can use the great vitamin company that we have. I know, but protein efficiency ratio. And and I'm not not, uh, uh, certainly talking bad about uh, a sponsor or in any way trying to disparage the idea of using supplement, supplemental vitamins and minerals to help fill gaps in the diet. A lot of people are vitamin D deficient. Uh, Calcium can be great. But there's a reason why they're called supplements. Because it should be supplemental to things that you're getting from your sure. diet. Always, always, always look to get things from real, actual food. Always. And, and I think that, 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 that's my big rub against protein powders too, getting back, circling back to the last question. People, you know, I think bodybuilders have created this narrative that it's, it's something essential. You're talking about people who are eating eight times a day and they have to get 350, 400 grams of protein. Yeah. It's impossible for them sometimes to, to be able to eat enough food. The average human, even a high training human, does not need protein powder. Let, let, let's be very clear. You know, mm. yeah, it's a good, it's a good convenience. The, the, I, although I know, you know, there are people that have trouble gaining weight, right? Yeah. And that's not any of us, but one of our sons is a little bit that way, and he uses protein to help him because yeah, people right. that group of people tend to get nauseated then, when they yeah. eat, and then we I mean? call that a tool, yeah. right? And I think that that's what that's what supplements. I've been are. calling Doctor Drew's son a tool for a long time. <laughs> it's true, yeah. Well, we, we both u- of them, I think. <laughs> but but we utilize protein powder as a tool, as a vehicle to get us somewhere, not as the main thing getting us there. Susan uh, Paulina t- treated some, uh, tweeted something the other day that offended poor Mike. It didn't offend me. I was oh, la- I was laughing. I was like, how me? could he we get offended? I was, a f- I was laughing. I just was wondering where I came into the scheme of things. Say how come I got caught in the crossfire? What was it? She said, uh, my dad always warned me to stay away from men until they're about 30. If I ever stop believing him, I just look to Mike Catherwood to remind me. <laughs> <laughs> what, what? about Mike Catherwood. How do I? But, I, but what did I? <laughs> Drew, have you ever tried Kratom? No, never tried it. Would it be something you ever try or not? I, I try it. I, I, I'm not afraid of it. Opiates, anything opiate makes me feel horrible. Huh, I'm, interesting. I'm wired up that way. But the, the so, weird thing about Kratom. It's hard I, to believe for somebody that likes them. Yeah. Right? Yeah. My patients always look at me like, what? Hey, it's I'm impossible. I don't like them anymore. Let's get <laughs> no, I, but, but, but having liked them, yeah. you know what I mean? I'm well, a desperate drug addict. I didn't like them. 
I'm a I'm the bottom of the barrel drug addict, and I you the did only, heroin though, right? Yeah, but the only way I could do it is if I smoked it with crack. Yeah, I yeah. had to mix it with cocaine, yeah. and I love I love that. That was yeah. manna from heaven. When I started speedballing, that was <laughs> yeah, yeah. that was like where everything came into yeah. picture. <laughs> but it but all I, came clear. but I you know like slamming heroin or smoking heroin, yeah. I just was like, uh, yeah. I really didn't like drooling on myself and fucking sitting around doing nothing. I wanted to be. Up. I I always wish that about alcohol because I had a worse problem with alcohol than I did even with with opioids. Yeah. Where yeah. I was like, man, I just wish I didn't like this. Yeah. I'd have friends that say, I drink and I get sick, and I, yeah. I'm like, man, I wish I did. Yeah. yeah, see, I'm sort of a lightweight, and I don't like all these things. They don't make me feel, yeah. they feel bad. I tried the CBD, because I, I think low-dose CBD I might be okay with, but the high-dose had weird reaction to also. By high-dose, I mean like 20 milligrams. So, you know, everyone's different. you yeah. got to figure this out. This is exactly where we started our conversation. If we could figure out the right patients for the right stuff, we'd be way ahead of this. What do you think they should do with Kratom, the government? Study it. I mean, they, they should study everything. There's nothing they shouldn't be studying that could help people. Mm-hmm. That's it. I mean, but a while, a while back, you you didn't like it. Uh, well, I'm, I was worried about it be, because here's where my, my position has changed a little bit. It's a weak opiate. And so I was in the position that an opiate addict should not be exposed to an opiate, period. But we have created new categories of addiction yeah. with all this what we call iatrogenic use of the drug. You know, I was seeing real drug addicts still in, in my work. And I'm realizing that there is a ton of people out there that aren't like Bob Forrest or Mike Catherwood-style drug addicts that are strung out on opiates and and also have pain. And that's a different, like we said, a different kind of patient yeah. that needs a different kind of intervention. And that might include cannabis. It might include C- um, Kratom. So so it's not it's, it's a new kind of patient we've created that we didn't even see before because yeah. we've used so damn many opiates. I'd love to get you to talk to uh, Dr. McCurdy out of University of Florida who's doing all the studies. Cause I, I love think, talking to him. I think um, what we need to do is get people like you guys together mm-hmm. so you can have an intelligent conversation. I'm just a filmmaker. I just find things and say, oh, this is interesting. Let's put a spotlight on it. You know, But I think that – uh, people like you and Dr. McCurdy can can help make sense of this issue, you know? Yeah. So yeah. I, I'd love to hook you up with him and introduce you to him. I agree. Here's your product coming in from the producer. Want to talk about this? Yeah, this is uh, Urban Ice Kratom. This is Mang Dot, or this is a Green Malaysian. There's some different strains. That's Red Bali. And so there's different strains of it, but basically it's just where it's grown and dried. Uh, the What's interesting about this is there's two alkaloids in it that are powerful there's metragenine speciosa and there's another one called 7 hydroxy metragenine and the 7 hydroxy metragenine is just a result of the drying process it's an oxidative process that happens when they dry the plant mm-hmm. they don't find it in the fresh leaf mm-hmm. and the 7 hydroxy is the only part of the plant that's actually addictive hmm. the metragenine part isn't so when they can isolate isolate that um, alkaloid and be able to utilize that, that would be great. But the problem is uh, if you take the alkaloid out, then the FDA has a completely different problem with it. Now, right, it's, a, right. now it's a new drug and right. blah, blah, blah. So there, there's a lot of issues with it that we just have to get over before we can just study it, you know, sort of full on. And Well, I hope that the, some of the groups that are funded uh, can, are free to study it the way they should study it. I mean, wh- whatever that means. Just yeah, University good, of Florida is leading, leading the charge, Dr. McCurdy, good. down there. And the American Kratom Association is a place where people can go for information outstanding awesome chris it's always a pleasure to talk to you man awesome man. anything Thank we you. can do to help further the things going on Thank in your you, life we're always yeah. welcome you're always welcome here all right hey everybody it is the swole patrol podcast you can find me on twitter at mike catherwood and dr drew is at dr drew of course join the email list today send your questions drdrew.com slash contact and put swole at the top of the email so we can get your comments And this will get you a weekly email reminder with a link to this show and all the great shows that Dr. Drew and I do and all the shows that Dr. Drew does by himself and, of course, with Adam Carolla, the great ace man. Please tell a friend and subscribe on iTunes. Don't forget to rate us five stars. And on Podbean or Google Play, all three help us out. We also are on YouTube slash Dr. Drew and I hope you can give us all your comments, even if if you're a troll and you want to destroy our feelings and our emotions. Support our sponsors and the show. Click on the banners on drdrew.com for the links for special discounts for the products Dr. Drew and I endorse 100%. Send questions and comments to our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Swole Patrol Podcast, or on Twitter at Swole Patrol Pod. And uh, be good. Be swole. Hashtag Swole Patrol.